you like your toy podcast like a TARDIS and bigger on the inside than the out, you've came to the right place because you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 92, for the week of Wednesday, 20 November 2013. I'm John with a very special show tonight. This episode is being brought to you by ShelfLife.net and Action Figure Blues. Tonight, we're going to venture inside the haunted toy box for our toy of the week, and our discussion topic is horror action figures. Just a quick programming note here, because um, as you may have guessed, I'm not with the regular host. I am going to call this a time zone special, because when the time zone zones shift, our recording time shifts by two hours, and I just didn't feel like getting up at five in the morning to record with everybody else. So we're going to do things a little different, and you're going to hear a whole bunch of different voices on this week's show. So sit back, enjoy the ride. If you like it, tell me you like it, and tell Scott you liked it, and let us know. If you don't like it, let us know that too. Um, you know, in either way, we will we will plan accordingly in the future. But to kick things off, I am joined for the first part of the show by Richard from Plan Banter. Welcome, Richard. Hey, John. What's up? Well, now that's just really enthusiastic. Now I'm not used to having enthusiastic people on here. Does everyone usually sound sleepy? Well, it's like late for them, early for me. You know how it is. <laughs> And this is really unusual because we're recording in the evening, and normally I record at, you know, 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning, something like that. So it's it's a bit unusual. So I'm happy. I could even be drinking right now, but I'm not. Which probably would have worked better, but oh well. Um, So, uh, Richard, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Hi, I am Richard from the Play Adventure Podcast, as John said, and uh, I have been an avid action figure collector for longer than I could really, uh, I don't know, uh, properly define. There hasn't really been a point where I stopped, even from when I was a kid, and I know there has been for a lot of people, but I'm in high school, I was still collecting uh, Spider-Man classics and Lego sets and what have you, and currently I collect Marvel Legends and Masters of the Universe Classics, some import toys, and hmm, high-end thing here or there. Uh, the most recent thing I've added to my collection that was on that end was uh, the ZWCO Blackjack that came out from this company in Japan that is I literally can't find any information out. <laughs> huh. <laughs> so, so you never hit that that spot around fifteen when 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 girls became popular and you said, oh, I, I can't be seen in the toy aisle, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I hid in the toy aisle. This <laughs> one. Oh well, there's nothing wrong with that. I do that now sometimes. Yeah, no, I remember every time uh, or one time in uh, this one Walmart that me and one of my co-hosts, uh, Jason, uh, frequent. Uh, this one very attractive uh, lady in her twenties came in, and we were still in high school, and we were like, "What is she doing here?" And Jason was like, "I don't know, but I hope she stays." <laughs> <laughs> Ah, girls! <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy stuff. 
Now, you guys talk about TV some, and, and I've got something that's been bothering me this week. Yeah, sure. Fire away. You, you watch Walking Dead, I, I think, occasionally, right? I, I watched through most of the third season. You've but seen... Spoil away. You've seen Michonne, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she wears her, her uh, katana on her back like uh, Storm Shadow. Right. And, and I'm probably going to piss off some G.I. Joe fans with this. <laughs> I don't think you can draw a katana from there. I really don't. And, and and I need to watch. And she did not draw her sword in last week's episode because I, I, I thought about it before the episode. And I was like, I don't think you can do that. But I, I, I the sword, I looked up the replica. It's 27 inches long. And the average human arm's like 25 or something, which tells me that that sword is almost as long as your arm. And to hold it, your wrist, if, if you're following along at home, if, as long as you're not driving and you're listening to this, put your <laughs> hand up above your head like you're trying to draw that sword out and think, really think about what position your wrist would have to be in to do that. And I, I don't think you can do it. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, I, I'm going to have to watch real close now because I don't think you can draw a sword like that. I don't think you can draw it fast enough to, like, whip it out and slice a zombie in half and then, you know, put it back. But... Not safely, I'd imagine. Well, that's, for, that's probably why she wears that bandana. She's probably cut her head open about four or five times and <laughs> <laughs> cut off some hair, you know, oh, once in a while. Probably has big scars across the side of her head, and that's just covering them up. Well, maybe, maybe she's uh, double jointed or something, and she can put her arm all the way behind her head. I can do that with one of my arms. Huh? <laughs> I'm double jointed in one arm, so maybe there's some kinship between me and her in that respect. But I would never draw a sword like that. I would be far too afraid of like slicing open my back or something in the process. Well, yeah, I mean, if you if you think about um, you know all the the samurai movies that I've seen where they actually draw it, um, they don't draw it from that position. They always draw it, you know, from the side, mm-hmm. you know, across their body. But she's wearing it back there behind her, and, and I I actually don't know if I've ever seen her draw it all the way out. I've seen her start to draw it, but I don't know if I've ever seen her draw it all the way out of the sheath. So. <laughs> If if you're a ninja out there and uh, you, you've got photographic evidence of this, um, you could email that to uh, podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and, uh, you know, we, we'd appreciate it. So uh, th- there you go. That's the thing that's bothering me this week. <laughs> <laughs> we, we even had tape measures out at work the other day. Trying the, to figure this out? Trying to figure this out, and we just <laughs> don't think you can do it. I uh, see. I the thing that bugged me on that show where I stopped watching it was when uh, Rick was yelling at a character who had died in front of all of the other characters in an open room as if that person was still there. And I was like, why do they not all think he is insane? You know, they live in a world with zombies. I, I don't know that, that they, they actually have a real firm grip on reality <laughs> anyway. Um, they did do the phone thing, which I really liked in the comic. That, that was kind of cool. I haven't read any of the comics, and I'm, I'm kind of scared to until the show's done. Uh, they are dramatically divorced from one another at this point. Yeah, I, I know they are. I just, <laughs> I, and I probably will go back and read them at some point. I just, I don't know. You know what I mean? I want to keep that kind of separate and don't, don't want to zombie myself out, I guess. I, I think it's good. I, I honestly, as someone who's read the comic for such a long time, I think that factors a little bit into why I probably don't enjoy the show as much as a lot of other people do. I could understand that. That's all right. But the kids at work are always like, oh man, did you see the new episode? And I was like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on and do some articulated news. 
Hello! It's my pet monster! He's your wacky blue furry friend! Chains can't hold me! Did I scare you? Just squeeze here and he talks! Hey dude, what's up? Lots of crazy phrases! Give me a big kiss! Well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with news. Articulate News is where we discuss, you know, the latest in news, announcements, and those kind of things in the collectible world. Don't expect us to have everything. We're we're not CNN here. We don't have everything. These are just things that caught our eye and, you know, we happen to like. So if we miss something, we're sorry. And I'm going to start it off this week with, um, well, you know, I, I think Scott's going to like these. Uh, they are Sailor Moon chopsticks, and uh, there's three different ones. Um, I believe they are a moon stick, which looks like the Proplica. Uh, the cutie moon rod from Sailor Moon R and the pink moon stick from Sailor Moon S. <laughs> and, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're cosplaying, I think with that Proplica, I, I think these would be, you know, a good, uh, good addition to your collection. I gotta say. Now, I can't eat with chopsticks, but I, I imagine that, that Scott from the podcast, you know, he, he would, he would be all over these because they're, you know, they're pink and they got little doodads on the end that look like, look like the Sailor Moon little things. <laughs> I do love Cutie Moon Rod. It just. <laughs> they almost look Mario-esque to me. Oh yeah, they kind of, they do kind of look like, you know, like a scepter that could be held by Princess Peach, I guess. Yeah. You know, when you think, especially the, I guess the cutie moon rod, the middle one. Yeah. <laughs> the moon stick, I, I do know because that's the one that she used on like the seasons of the show I've actually been able to watch and the, uh, the, the figure art came with it. Oh. Ah. Now, have, have you been posing her as a, um, with, with it like as a sex toy or <laughs> did I have that all wrong before? I probably <laughs> had that all wrong. Uh, actually, for a while, I had her doing a somersault because her limbs are thin enough for her hands to be able to support her uh, if you do them the right way. Or I guess if you pose them the right Do them the right way, that sounds terrible. I shouldn't have said that. Poor choice of words. Do you always do your toys the right way? <laughs> I try to. Uh, uh, my friend Jason's uh, uh, ex-drummer in his band definitely did them the wrong way. We would come back to his house and often find uh, more than a few things in, like, some terrible positions. But... Mm. <laughs> Yeah, when, when, with my ex-wife, I used to do that with her beanie babies. That might be why she's my ex-wife now. <laughs> you know, if you've got two, two beanie baby cows sitting on a bookcase, what are you gonna do? I, I mean, there's, there's only so many options. <laughs> you, you gotta do something. But, anyway, um, these are put out by Bandai, I believe, too, so, uh, keep an eye out for these if you are the Sailor Moon type fan. Um, I'm sure they will be out there in the near future. Now, next up, um, this one I think we talked about a while back. We talked about uh, 3A um, coming up with the Marvel license, and we had seen some kind of prototype art, and they've uh, shown some some pre-production shots, it looks like, of their invincible Iron Man. And he's all in gray in these shots this week. Um, kind of very uh, Iron Giant-esque to me, you know. Armored plates. This this isn't your daddy's armor or armored Avenger. Uh, I will say it is an interesting take. Um, 
I I don't have anything by 3A. I know they're the guys who do the real steel uh, figures that are coming out in the World War Robot and some other stuff. Uh, and I think, didn't they do uh, a large version of Metal Gear Rex from the first Metal Gear Solid game? I think they might have. Yeah. And they were originally talking about doing the alien figures, too, I, I thought. I thought they were the ones that were talking about that, but I don't know how that all transpired. Um, I like the World War Robot stuff. I really do. But I don't know that I necessarily like this style for Iron Man. It is radical, isn't it? It's a pretty... I, I mean, I, I will say this. I really like the top half. The The legs look a little too... Uh, scrawny, I guess. Well, you want to know what he looks like to me, and, and this is going to sound horrible. If you put a duck bill on him, it would look like Donald Duck Iron Man. And I think it's the feet that are doing that because the toes kind of curl up. <laughs> but he's also got kind of, the, the legs are almost too thin for the upper body. And <laughs> I, that's just what it looks like to me. It looks like Donald Duck. He looks like a new man from Tom Strong a little bit to me, except with feet instead of like wheels, I guess, and thicker arms. But uh, they could give him the um, the extremis mask. Uh, the faceplate on that kind of looks like a duck. If you see the old uh, modern Iron Man Marvel Legends uh, Wave Eight figure that came out, it it does look like Iron Duck, kind of in like this strange way. <laughs> I don't mind Iron Duck. I don't mind Iron Duck. That's okay. Um, looks like the fingers might be articulated in this thing because he's got a fist in one. Either he's got changeable hands or he's got articulated fingers. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. I'm leaning towards articulated fingers. It looks like he might have some light up in the hands as well for the repulsors. Hmm. His helmet might light up too if they do that. That's interesting. They don't list a price here yet, do they? Um, I can I can't imagine this not being at least two hundred fifty dollars because that seems like what most three A stuff starts at. Yeah, it'll be probably at least that because it's licensed. Um, it, it's okay. I, it's stylized, and I would think that you would want to be probably, you know, an Iron Man collector for this. I, I guess we'll have to see it in color, too, but it's probably not for everybody. But it, it seems like it's like an attempt to marry uh, urban vinyl-type uh, designs with, like, you know, like a high-end articulated thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's not my thing. I'm not an urban vinyl guy, really, at all. I mean, I it's cool if that's your thing, but, man, like, when you're talking about, like, collecting stuff that only has, like, you know, ten pieces of and uh, in existence and they're only, like, oh, well, it only cost me, uh, you know, $3,000. You're just kind of like, well, that, that's cool, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> it's not. It's not my thing. It's cool. Um, I, I mean, I'll be kind of curious to see. They got Doctor Doom coming and um, Ultron and Spider Man. Yeah. Ultron might be okay. Uh, Ultron seems like it'd be a great fit for this. I uh, jury's out on Doctor Doom because you know he's got the cape and cloak and everything. So I mean, maybe they maybe they're going to be mixed media and have fabric on them. Uh, Spider Man's cool. an interesting choice for sure. Yeah, be interesting to see. Not Wolverine. I, I'm surprised. Yeah, he's got metal. He's, you know, he could he could fit that aesthetic a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> It'd probably just be the skeleton. Right. Metal skeleton. Okay, let's move to something cuter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lego has unveiled their Star Wars sets for 2014. And, um, well, you guys might remember uh, last year before Lucasfilm got bought, they were in the process of announcing all of the... Uh, 
films were going to be re-released in 3D, and then Disney bought them, and then they said, eh, we're not going to do that. But it looks like maybe this is carried over because the packaging definitely has a, a Revenge of the Sith feel, and almost all of the products shown here are Revenge of the Sith. And um, there's some good ones. You know, there's some looks like re-release vehicles. Uh, Jedi Interceptor, which is a Jedi Starfighter. If you don't have one of those by now and you want one, um, be, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> don't go to Target enough is what your problem is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of clone trooper fighting stuff. You know, they've got the anti-vehicle cannon, it looks like, and APT, APT, which is the the three-legged walker, the kind of armored up, big bigger than a the two-legged little one-person one, and smaller than an ATST kind of thing. Um, one that we were talking about a little bit before we got on the air was uh, the Grievous wheel bike. So if you missed that the first time around, uh, this would be a definitely better or a good choice to pick it up. It looks like it comes with Grievous and Obi-Wan. And if you don't remember the wheel bike, then go watch Revenge of the Sith again. And, uh, are, was he in Revenge of the Sith or was he in the second one? He's in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Get him confused. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so you got the little forearm Grievous figure with it and it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty yeah, cool. He- Looking at it in uh, close-up, like, I'm actually really impressed with the Grievous. It looks like his head moves, which I don't, uh, before, uh, you know, he was basically just like an altered, uh, battle droid body, because, you know, they only have, like, the three points of articulation or yeah. whatever. This one looks like he can move a little bit more. Yeah, it and looks it's, like he's got some lightsaber stuff going on there. It looks like he comes with four sabers, and that'll be good. That is Obi-Wan come with one. I see he's got, uh, the magna droid stick and a blaster, but he's not shown with a saber. It does say new, though. It says new next to both of these minifigures, so. Oh, hey, the vulture droid comes with a Nemoidian soldier. How completely random. <laughs> they had soldiers? Yeah, uh, they're only in the, the scene where, uh, Kiati Mundi is fighting on Kato Nemoidia, and I think it's shot down. But they did have a figure of them when uh, the Revenge of the Sith. Sith. Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah, because they look like um, they actually look like the uh, British explorers of America with their funky Dutch helmets and stuff. Yeah, the- I remember them now. Yeah, I didn't buy any of those. <laughs> I think I have one, just because I had one of almost every Revenge of the Sith figure back when I collected Star Wars far more than I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's some Kashyyyk troopers, which are, looks like clone troopers in, like, green camo. So that, they, those look cool. You, it's like you got some scout type and some clone type there. With a little, you know, kind of four-piece vehicle. As okay. um, runner thing? Yeah. I used to know its name. <laughs> it's more than four pieces, but, um, it's not much. Looks like maybe one of those little army builder sets. The one that I'm excited for, though, is definitely that Death Star trooper set. It's, uh, got, Two of the Death Star Troopers looks like maybe two of the Imperial Guards, um, the red-robed ones, and then one of the uh, large Death Star guns like they had on the Vintage playset. So that might be a set I might have to get just because it looks cool. I love his little chair, but it's sad because they can't turn away from uh, the laser and hold their hands up to their ears. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite things in Star Wars. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, another set has a battle on, what is that? Uh, my you know, I don't know if I've heard it said, but I think it's, uh, Salukami, Salukami, maybe? Sure, we'll go with that. I can tell you what scene this is from. It's from, uh, where Adi Galia's, um, cousin or whatever, because they replaced the actress and made a new character. 
Uh, it's where she is shot down by the guys on the barks. Oh, yep. So that's like Commander Neo or somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it looks like it comes with some super battle droids and some battle droids on a sap and a couple other little um, diorama type pieces. <laughs> Who was my sixth grade English teacher again? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the last set though looks like another army builder set with a tri-droid and some Upatau, um, Utapau? Utapau. Um, troopers, which are the orange ones. And, uh, it looks okay. The, the, the tri-droid doesn't look as good as some of the other droids. It looks like they've kind of kept minimal piece count on that one, so. Um, all these sets look pretty good. I mean, uh, if you're a clone fan, there's a lot of minifigures out there for you. It looks like. Yeah, no, I mean, like, this is definitely the, uh, a great setup for army building because really the only individual minifigures that I see that are actual individuals are Obi-Wan, Grievous, Anakin, uh, R2. R2, and that, that's it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you get both of those with each set because, uh, oh, well, there's a, uh, well, it just says astromech droid with that V-wing, but that V-wing is basically just a straight reissue. A lot of these seem to be, you know, very similar to sets that have come out recently and, uh, the big gimmick on the packaging that they're showing is that they have the spring-loaded uh, missiles. <laughs> the bane of every early 90s toy collector. Every toy collector period, I think. Uh, that's true. I, I was packing up some of my uh, Rise of Cobra-era G.I. Joes today, and I was just like, what am I supposed to do with these giant missile launchers? I, I actually have a vintage large-size stormtrooper on my desk, and uh, he has one of those actually in his hand, and it looks—it actually looks perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Does it actually fire? Yeah, it's it's one of the um, it's one of the Rise of Cobra ones. <laughs> it just looks better in his hand than it does with any of those figures, because it almost looks to scale, you know. <laughs> it's, but what do I? Know? It's, what do I know? Ooh. Oh, hey, some of the Utapau troopers have skirts. I don't think that's a thing that's usually pretty common. That means they're closer to the uh, the ARC troopers, right? Well, yeah, the ARC troopers and um, the clone... Com- the commanders have them? Yeah, yeah. Like, I know um, uh, Rex had, had them all the time on uh, Clone Wars. I believe the proper term is comma, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But skirt is so much funnier. <laughs> Yeah. And it looks like that um they might actually not just be regular clone troopers either. Those might be the heavy troopers. Yeah, I think they're they were sold as airborne troopers, but at the same time, yeah. you know, like who knows what's actually they're supposed to be and what Hasbro just called them so they could, you know, put them out in the saga collection or whatever. Because I know the uh Galactic Marines, you know, like the weird proto stormtrooper looking guys that were with Mace Windu, I think. I don't know if they're actually supposed to be Marines or not. But Yeah, that that's a real funky helmet though. <laughs> yeah. I remember the figure. It's it's not a pretty helmet. Yeah, no, and that I think that's the only place I've ever seen those guys, and in the orange colors at that. I have quite a few uh, Hasbro Utapau troopers because that uh, the, one of the case assortments that had them went on clearance around here. So I've got like ten of the guys hanging out with like Commander Cody. Well, okay, maybe not ten, more like probably seven, but still. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have that many. I've maybe got. Half a dozen of those. Uh, see, I had to peel back on Star Wars collecting. I only do uh, expanded universe characters and characters with lightsabers, generally. And yeah, I, special ones. <laughs> I'm down to about two to four Star Wars figures a year now, unfortunately. I think that's a good place to be, honestly. It's way out of control for me. <laughs> well, I, I, it, the problem is, is either they haven't made any characters for me that, you know, I don't have. 
And I just, I don't need another stormtrooper. I don't need another clone trooper. You know, I, I have a fairly no- good number of all those things. And, you know, unless they're going to have something that's a superior version of what I have, I just, I, I haven't found it in me to buy them. I used to do uh, Cantina Aliens, but then I realized they were never going to do, like, a real Cantina diorama, and I was just kind of like, oh, well, that's a little bit of a drag. You, you could build your own. I could. I wish I had that kind of uh, skill. <laughs> Maybe someday. Yeah. I have worked on it. Yeah, keep at it. Um, well, well, we'll move on a little bit here. Um because we got some exciting news coming up next. Uh, Diamond Select has revealed some stuff um, for Captain America the Winter Soldier. And it is including um, some mini-mates. And that's kind of cool because uh, I like mini-mates. And those include the stealth uniform Captain America with crossbones. And the final battle Captain America with the Winter Soldier. Black Widow with Falcon. Now that doesn't make any sense. Why <laughs> Black Widow with the Falcon? Yeah. Why? 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 Why wouldn't she be with, or why wouldn't the Falcon be with Captain? Never mind. Never mind. I would have rather seen Black Widow with Crossbones and Falcon and Captain America together, but this is how they get me to buy them all, I suppose. And the last one, I know um, Ben's going to be excited because it has Batrock in it, and he's a Batrock fan. And I'm wondering if that's a comic Batrock or if it'll be a an actual movie one. Do we know? Apparently, Batrock is in the movie, and he's played by uh, George St. Pierre. Which, that's an MMA guy that, uh, quite a bit of renown from what I understand. I don't follow MMA stuff at all, but I know his name at least. Yeah, well he's coming with, and this is kind of an interesting one, cause it's Agent, Agent Sitwell, who is on, uh, the Shield TV show as well. He was just on there, so. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of interesting to see him getting a mini mate. And I'm glad because he's a bald dude and, you know. They can't have enough bald mini mates, in my opinion. Oh, Agent Sitwell is ubiquitous. Uh, apparently, he is in. He first appeared in like one of the little Marvel mini short things that's on the Blu-rays. That even though I own all of them, I never seem to watch. Uh, I think he's in the the Iron Man two one, and I know he's on the Command deck in the Avengers movie. Really? I think we'll have to go back and take a peek at that now. He might be I didn't next to the guy who's goofing on the computer that uh, Tony Stark points out. He's like, that guy's playing uh, Space Invaders or whatever. Galaga. Galaga. <laughs> you got to remember, the Galaga is the one where they come down, and Space Invaders, they just go back and forth. <laughs> I spent a lot of my youth playing those games. <laughs> um, I wonder who the variant yeah, of this set is. Yeah, I wonder, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if there are variants. You would think there are, but... Um, these sets are listed as, I think, comic or comic store sets, which means we probably have not seen the Toys R Us versions of them yet. Yeah, I, I can't imagine them not making Robert Redford's character, whoever he's supposed to be. Yeah, I, I just I'd be surprised if we don't see like a four pack or even some other two packs at, at Toys R Us. They probably just aren't since this is the Diamond Select announcement. Um, they probably wanted to get out there first. I think they would have done a uniform Shield Agent guy. As opposed to just, you know, the guys in the suits. Did they do one of those just recently, though? Did they do some of those for the Avengers? There was good. Uh, one of the canceled things for the Avengers Minimates was going to be like a single uh, figure assortment like they had for Thor and Captain America. Mm-hmm. But uh, Zach Oates said in one of the SDSTs that it was canceled because the Iron Man and Captain America, or the Thor and Iron, Captain America's and Thor sets did not sell so well. Yeah. Which, boo-hoo, so sad. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, Maria Hill in Avengers, she has like a normal, you know, kind of 
super spy outfit type thing. So, I mean, presumably there's guys out there like that. I don't know if I've necessarily seen any in any of the movies. I wonder if they'll do an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, set and, and maybe do some, some figures like that. I, I would buy a May, a mini May. Melinda May? <laughs> I would. Oh, I, I honestly, like, she's like the character I think I like the most. But I think those could also be very easy customs, so if they don't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It's just time and money. Um, and you've got some other Diamond Select news that you're gonna tease us with. Yeah, they, uh, they also, uh, Diamond also teased actual, uh, six inch scale-ish, or, you know, uh, the Marvel Select releases of figures for uh, the Winter Soldier movie, and they actually te- uh, showed off the Winter Soldier himself, the uh, comic version, which, man, uh, the actual Winter Soldier figure from the comics looks great. I never got the Marvel Legend because, you know, I was too cool to get those uh, Toys R Us ones that came out because I was like, ah, oh, man, $35 for two figures. That's crazy, says the guy who, you know, has uh, the He-Man subscription now. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that if this is not in scale with, you know, Marvel Legends, it's at least as nice as the Venom they put out, which, uh, the Diamond Select Venom, uh, Marvel Select figure is tremendous. Like, I, they pulled off something special there. That's a really nice figure. <laughs> yeah, I know, um, the only one of those I have is the Gambit, and he's not in scale with Marvel Legends. He's a little bigger. So I, I don't know how he'll fall, but any idea what that is behind him? Is that part of the comic book? I haven't read this, so. Oh, the actual uh, Winter Soldier book? Yeah. Is that, because it looks like a smashed bat signal if you're looking at it. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure what they're going for. I I think it might be a stand that he looks like he could be kicking through, maybe? Hmm. Let me blow up the picture here. Uh, ah, darn it. Clicked on the wrong thing. Because it's kind of like a big ring with glass in it. Let's see. Yeah, and I, maybe it's just supposed to represent like the, maybe it's supposed to be caking through like a stained glass window that looks like Cap Shield or something. No, maybe. That'd actually be really cool. That yeah, would be cool. He looks like a big G.I. Joe figure, kind of. All the pouches and everything on him. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's curious. I'm not really sure what version of the costume this is supposed to represent. Because it's not the, the very, very first appearance. Let's see. Uh, yeah, because, well, I can't see if he has the star on his arm or not, because I think he, he does. Yeah, like, he does. does. Oh. Yeah. Or he's got the shorter hair, because he did originally have, like, longer hair and then clip it when he became a uh, cat for a little while. I'm presuming this is supposed to be from the uh, the Brubaker series, and I think just recently ended with uh, Jason Latour writing it. But, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's supposed to be kicking into some warehouse where, I guess, people were having strangely colored red liquid inside of glass jars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, what is it? It's It's strange liquid and... Yeah. It looks like it's got smoke coming out of it or something too, doesn't it? Yeah. I, maybe it's watered down wine or something. I don't know. Pretty nice looking sniper rifle though. Yeah, it's huge too. Like, man, I wonder if you can pull the, uh, pistol that's on his hip out of that holster. Can't tell that from. Yeah, not, not from the central. I mean, it looks like a, it looks like it's separately sculpted. He's got the, uh, the SMG that I'm sure is removable because it looks like it's not even like sculpted onto his suit and it just fits over his head. Yeah. Yeah. But. 
Yeah, man. Good looking figure. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they didn't show us the other figures. Yeah, with, um, the actual movie figures they have not shown, and it's curious because even though the movie's called The Winter Soldier, uh, the two figures they have not shown us are the ones that you can actually see in the current trailer, uh, Cap and the Falcon. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, I, in the 3D version of Thor, you do get like a five minute sneak preview of, uh, Winter Soldier, and they do actually show like a clear shot of the Winter Soldier. Hmm. Uh, and instead of like having a domino mask, he actually has like mascara on, which is interesting. He does have the robot hand and everything. They show him picking up Cap's shield at the very, very end of it. A, a, a little, um, you know, guy liner there. Yeah, quite a bit of guy liner. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, you know, I, I saw this picture pop up on uh, Twitter the other day, and with the, the domino mask, the way it's on there, I actually thought this was a comedian figure. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it looked like. That's what it looked like to me. You know, I never uh, realized that. Yeah, they kind of actually do have a similar motif. Oh, here's a package shot of it. Uh, yeah, you can remove that pistol, huh? Yeah, and it looks like it's a Disney Store exclusive. Ooh. Well, that's not good. Yikes, uh, man! Sorry, Scotty and everybody. I hope they have Disney stores down in Australia. I don't know if they do. I, I am sure that we will help them out, but uh, unfortunately, Disney stores are. Few and far between, even for us in America, so. Yeah, here where I live, like, it's kind of freakish we have one, because we don't have a lot of other things that other cities have. <laughs> we had one, and it's gone, so. Yeah, no, I remember when they had some Disney Store exclusive Avengers Minimates last year, it was quite a pain in the butt to get a hold of them. I showed up at their store every day for, like, two weeks. <laughs> Did they just stop you at the door and say, no, go back? <laughs> oh, no, they did know me as the Minimates guy, though, uh. But, you know, for a while at Best Buy, I was also the Fire Emblem guy because I came in looking for Fire Emblem every day right when it came out. (laughs) (laughs) I had to wait, like, another week to get it after everyone else. I once went in every week looking for um, the Muppets comic when it was first coming out. I was going in every week, and um, I went in one time. The guy's like, oh, I knew I should have saved one. I didn't know you'd be in this week. And I said, well, why didn't you just set one aside for the, you know, the bald, chubby, middle-aged guy with a goatee? (laughs) And he's like... Dude, it's a comic book store. What do you think everybody in here, everybody that comes in here looks like? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to narrow it down for us. Yeah. But, well, what, what else do you have in the news? Cause I'm sure that you have something you'd like to tantalize us with. I know you guys uh, really like the Funko Pop stuff. I have uh, one Funko Pop. I have an Aquaman. <laughs> oh, now see. <laughs> Scott will be talking about that. I'm sure he has one. My parents brought it back for me when they went to the CNN uh, studio in Georgia or something, and they had a store there, and they had uh, DC Funko Pop for some reason. They got me Aquaman because my my dad knows to read Aquaman, I guess. I don't know. Or at least they did. That's that's bizarre. But Cool, but bizarre. Yeah, they have announced a brand new subline for Funko Pop. Uh, the Big Lebowski. Abide. <laughs> Do you abide, John? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will have to have all of these. The more I look at them, the more I'm just going to have to have them all. Except for maybe the Viking girl. She kind of disturbs me. Oh, you don't like uh, Julianne Moore? That's not her, is it, though? Is it? I, I don't think it is. That's just one of the girls from the dream sequence. Hmm. Oh no, it says Maud on it, doesn't it? Oh no, that is specifically her. Never the mind. bowling balls? 
Is the not really. Breastplate or whatever? No. Wow, they already, it doesn't look like uh, it. These are already on uh, Amazon, and they apparently come out on the 30th. Huh. And uh, one guy actually has mod in stock with shipping right now. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have... It looks like the dude, Walter, and Donnie. Those those I'd have to almost have. I, I gotta have Walter for my desk at work. He, he's my favorite. Let's see. It looks like the... Yeah, it's uh, obviously the dude, mod, Donnie, Walter, which I'm... Walter's probably going to be, like, one of the biggest go-overs they've ever had, I'm sure. Everyone's going, I want a Walter. I think that might actually make, like, a good Father's Day present for my dad. Well, I'm trying to figure out, it looks like for his glasses, they may have done them as a separate piece where they're translucent and and actually cover his eyes. (laughs) And it looks like they they show through. If they did that, that's just too cool. That is just too cool. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I gotta have him. Wow. Yeah, well, they're already on eBay too, and apparently, uh, Walter's number 82. Yeah. Huh. That's it. And Jesus. There's Jesus. We didn't mention him, but we got to. Cause I'm sure there's Jesus. <laughs> huh. Who are they leaving out? I wonder if they could get two waves out of this. Um, you could have the stranger. Yeah, they could do, uh, the real Jeff Lebowski. Yeah, and, uh, Bunny. Is it Bunny? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as, uh, Lebowski's, uh, was he butler? Or is he just like a secretary or whatever? I don't know what he was. What, how deep do they want to go? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd have, I'd buy him, but I'm maybe, you know, bunny without a toe. <laughs> oh, Donnie. Um, not Donnie, um, Larry. Larry? Larry, homework Larry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, this is a, this is interesting. I wonder, yeah. I mean, obviously they could do another dude where he's just wearing like the house coat or whatever. He's got the, uh, oh, does he have his white Russian? Yeah, he's got a white That's Russian and he's got his sweater on. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. That's just awesome. Poor Bunny looks so sad, but I guess it's a, he's a good start for anyone who wants to make a Boardwalk Empire Funko Pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I watch him in that now, and uh, sometimes I have. It depends on which one I watched when, because I watched uh, part of Lebowski the other, earlier in the week, and seeing him in that, and then watching him in Boardwalk, it messes with me. Well, that's interesting. You watch Boardwalk, John. I uh, until recently the only person I knew who watched it besides me was my dad, and I uh, Chase recently started watching it, and he loves it. I, it's okay. Ah, ow. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, the thing that bothers me is they, it's another one of those shows where they've maybe got a little bit too much going on because I, th- I don't know that they need the Chicago storyline if they're going to do the Atlantic City one. Uh, there are a ton of characters on that show. Are you still, uh, yeah. the first season? No, I'm like caught up, caught up. Ah, okay. So you're on there with, uh, Valentine Narcisse and whatnot. Yeah. You might be ahead of me at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we're, we're up to date. We've watched last week's episode, huh. so. Yeah. I admit so far I like uh, season four, but I don't like it quite as much as I like season two. But that's because season two got crazy. Well, I really like the the dude the with one eye, you know, has the half face mask. I, he's, he's Richard Arrow, he is my favorite character. Yeah. Uh, and Jace was like, I like this show all right. And I was like, wait, wait until Harrow shows up. Wait until Jimmy's friend shows up. Uh, and it becomes a great show. And yeah, yeah he was almost uh, Star-Lord. He was one of the guys who was up for it. That's too bad. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, no, I I really want to see him in other stuff. Apparently, he's like Angelica Houston's niece or niece. Oh, niece. He's his niece. Yeah, he's, huh. he's the niece. Uh, Angelica Houston's nephew. 
I did not know that. Yeah, Jack Houston. Hmm. Interesting. I learned something. That's good. Now, you've also got some Sideshow announcements, I believe, don't you? I do. Uh, Sideshow announced two products, or revealed two products this week, one partially and one fully. Uh, the Iron Man Mark Seven legendary scale figure, uh, coming to us in July 2014 for the low, low price of $1,999.99. Wow. Two grand. Yeah. And it can be yours. I, well, I think the, uh, the Victor Von Doom, uh, premium format figure they have coming out is like, uh, 2,500. So this isn't as bad as it could be. Uh, it's interesting looking at it. It actually has like a number of features on it. Uh, he lights up. He has interchangeable, uh, like back ammo packs or what they call it, but it's basically like a backpack. I guess if you want to make him, uh, look more in line, I guess with like the Iron Man 2 coloration, maybe. I mean, it is specifically the Mark 7. He has interchangeable thigh armor for where he has those white plates on his legs. And obviously he lights up because, you know, at this price, I would be amazed if he did not. <laughs> he should, like, wash your dishes for you for that price. <laughs> Walk the dog or something. Refill your car a few times for you. <laughs> Fly me to work. Yeah. It looks like his uh, arc reactor lights up and his helmet and both of his repulsors, though he does have uh, his hands kind of facing away from you. Hmm. Let's see, is there an exclusive on this? No, no, no. But you do get $100 in reward points for use in a future order if you buy them from the Sideshow website. Oh, that'll be good. And you have a non-refundable deposit of $400 and $100 shipping. Wow. Yeah. Well, he's 18 inches tall, roughly, right? That's a non-refundable $400 deposit. Wow, no, he is 39 inches tall. Oh, now, see, now that's getting into, like, the 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 weird size. I don't like it when figures get that big. he is gigantic. There's just I, this, this giant figure thing is getting out of control. Well, hey, I mean, if you can uh, you can swing it, that's uh, what you got to do. Me, however, I will. I have my eye on this uh, Nathan Drake uh, six scale figure that they have shown preview pictures of. They did uh, show it in full at SDCC, so I don't know why it's only a preview. Other than that, it's just not available for pre order yet. Uh, he's going to be available for pre order on the twenty first. So, and, and just for everybody out there, he's from Uncharted, right? Uncharted 3, in, in particular, which is the only one I haven't played, so I suppose I should. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Yeah, uh, he's also much more affordable. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that he'll probably be around 160, 170. I know that's what, uh, Snake Plissken is, and, uh, everyone listening at home's exclusive if you listen to Plan Bouncer. Uh, I haven't said this on the show yet, but I have pre-ordered my very first, uh, Sideshow product. Since, uh, well, really ever, because the only Sideshow stuff I had previously were the, uh, Universal Monsters they sold in Toys R Us circa 1998. I have the Frankenstein and the Wolfman that were $20. Oh boy, how far we have come. Yeah, I, I talked a while back, I've got the, um, a few of the Monty Python figures, and that's the only Sideshow stuff I own. So. And I would have gotten some of those, except I was like, $50? That's outrageous! I could never pay that, and here I am uh, pre-ordering Snake Plissken for 160 bucks plus shipping. There you go. Which, I mean, you know, Snake is special. There's not a lot of John Carpenter movie merchandise out there. Nah, he's he's cool. He'll, you'll do all right with that one. <laughs> I'm curious to see what comes with uh, the premium format figure. He's got the bandolier and, like, the holsters, and he's holding a pistol in the picture. Uh, there's also a premium format figure of a, the limited edition of 500 for the exclusive. 
Hmm. The exclusive is he has an alternate hand with uh, a K a Cal seven rifle, which yeah, it's basically you know banana clip uh, AK forty seven esque type uh, rifle. And then the standard hand is a pistol. And they have one of those adorable pictures with the uh, the apple next to him. Oh yeah, yeah, the apple. <laughs> the, the the TVFT apple has been replaced with the TVFT lime. Um, that was Mrs. Nerd's request. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, actually, when I was picking out fruit, I, I couldn't find an orange because I was going to do an orange because I thought that would be be funnier, but I couldn't find an orange, so we went full lime. Non-photogenic orange. Yeah. <laughs> it does, doesn't have the right feel. It's messing up your still life here. Yeah. And I do some way G.I. Joe photos, you know. Having something green just works better. Do you have any of the, the sideshow G.I. Joe stuff? No, I can't convince myself that I I... I Need to order it. I, I want to. Boy, that Destro looks gorgeous. I'm, uh, I'm not a ninja fan, and, and so much of what they've done has been ninjas, and I'm not a Snake Eyes fan. Ow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, well, you know, I just, I prefer the more military guys, and, um, the rock and roll was okay, but not my thing. So. I really wanted the beachhead, and I'm very foolish for not having bought it, because if I didn't like it, I could probably sell it for three times what it originally sold for. I actually looked him up recently, oh, yeah. and he's he like sells like for $500, and I'm just like, well, it feels, feels, sure feels stupid for thinking 120 was too steep back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I've got a, um, I've only really got one 12-inch figure. It's probably that. I have a, a blue box figure, and it, it's actually, it's weird. I've got it. It's uh, Rudy from Survivor. The first season of Survivor. Really? Um, in seal gear. He's dressed as a seal, but it's, it's Rudy from Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Rudy have a big beard? No, no. That was, uh, oh, was that Ruben? I, the guy who won had a beard, if I remember right. Yeah, the first season, yeah, he, that, that, that was Rich. Rich, okay. And he was the one that was, um, walking around naked all the time. Psychological warfare. Yeah. yeah. Well, now that we've alienated all the naked Survivor fans out there, um, <laughs> and if you're naked and listening to this in the car driving to work, I, I'm I'm sorry. So um, anyway, we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Yeah, we'll we'll wrap up the articulated news and be right back with a new installment of Name That. Well, it's that time of the week where we play everybody's favorite action figure guessing game, and this is called Name That. We play a sound, and you guys guess what it is. And last week, we heard a comic book sound, and it sounded a little something like this. Straight from the comic book, Gag. It's... Look out! Battling evildoers everywhere. Go! Live the adventure with... And... I really thought this one was going to be a little harder than what it turned out to be, but um, Eddie3429 over on the forum, that's afbforum.com, and you got to come over and check that out if you're you're listening. Um, he actually guessed what this one was, and it's a um, McFarlane Spawn action figure commercial. I never realized they actually had commercials for the Spawn action figures, but they did, and this is what this is. So, good job, Eddie. You are on fire. In fuego, as they would say. And um, with that, we will move on to a new sound that sounds a little something like this. A grabs a baby duck. 
tears off in the to save it. Use the snare! He's safe! Look out! But the young wants a piece of the action. And one more time. A grabs a baby duck, tears off in the to save it. Use the snare! He's safe! Look out! But the young wants a piece of the action. As always, if you think you got a guess, come on over to afbforum.com. Leave that guess. If you get it right, I give you forum points. And if you get it wrong, sometimes I'll tell you that you're wrong and uh, maybe give you a hint or a clue or something. It's a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of stuff, cool stuff to come over to the forum for, and that's a good reason. And if you like to play the picture version instead of the audio version, visit tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays where we play the picture version. Straight from the comic book. Get Spawn. It's Spawn. Verna Breaker. Spawn, look out. Battling evildoers everywhere. Go, Spawn. Live the adventure with Spawn. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. And each episode, we take turns looking at a uh, toy or collectible in detail. And I'm going to do something different tonight because I'm not doing a toy but a magazine about toys and a brand new issue one of the haunted toy box. And I thought it would be appropriate if I brought Mr. Tom Crone in, who was the uh, mastermind behind this um, magazine. So welcome to the show, Tom. Hi, thanks. Good to be here. And, mastermind uh, or med doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, just to tell people about it a little bit, we normally go over what the, what the toy is and, um, You've put out, um, I believe it's a Kickstarter program, right? You started with Kickstarter? Uh, it's, I'm gonna start the Kickstarter real soon. Okay. I want to have issue two done. Before you start the Kickstarter? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I happen to have issue one in my hand and it doesn't have any, uh, ads in the front or back cover because I, I signed up for one of your prototype ones. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I'm really glad I did. And it's a magazine and it features, um, all of the like classic monsters in uh collecting them and just all sorts of cool stuff and first thing i want to say is uh your lego retrospective was not what i was expecting um it was a lot there's a lot more monster lego out there than what i thought and you did a great job of kind of like going through the history of of lego monsters um Thanks. I, I was really impressed and uh i wanted to get that right out right out in the front um, <laughs> you know, it surprised me how much there was too. Once it, once I sat down and started compiling it, I was like, once you, when you start with the studios and then you go through to all the minifigures they put out so far and the monster fighters, there's a lot of monsters. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, there's a couple things in here that I didn't know existed. Uh, the first, um, Lego Studios mummy set. Um, I might have to track that one down because I'm a, I'm a mummy fan. And the other thing that you had in here was the, the monster fighter set with the zombies. <sighs> I've never seen that set. I saw a picture of it online, but I'd never seen it in the store and I'd always been looking for it. I just figured it was never released. So it um, was released. It was a target only. Uh, and it was one of those where Lego, they pre-decide this is going to be the rare item. So it was in target only and it was for like, Maybe two months. Oh wow. And then it disappeared and it went from being, I believe it retailed for around $20 to now you can't really touch it for less than 200 Wow. Yeah. And 
my friend who is my partner with the magazine, Scott, he has everything for the line except for the zombie bride and the groom. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty pretty cool. I mean, I wish he had it because um, that set looked cool, and I remember seeing it online, and I was like, oh, that's really neat. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was impressed with that. And you also had one of my other favorite things, and I, I kind of, uh, when we were chatting online earlier in the week, I alluded to it, and that's the Weebles Haunted House. Um, I'm glad <laughs> to see that you guys included that because that is like one of my favorite things ever. Um one of the grade school classrooms I was in had that, and, uh, you know, I, that that brought back some fond memories for sure. I was fortunate enough to have it when I was a kid. I well, don't awesome. more, but I had it then. <laughs> you know, I had the, the Little People Castle, and I would love to have that back. Um, oh, with the pink dragon? The pink dragon and the knight, and yeah. It, and for a long time, it was like a Jawa castle because, you know, the Jawas didn't have a sand crawler, so they, they lived in the castle. Well, that's it. The, the pink dragon was my fill-in for Gorgo when he would, like, beat up on matchbox bars. Um, and, and your interests lie in kind of the same ones that I must have because you go all the way back and then look at some of the classic stuff in this. Um, I mean, you've got the, the great Garlou from, he was March, right? Yeah. And, March 61. Uh, you know, monster in my pocket, uh, in humanoids. You guys, you guys are just covering such cool stuff in here. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is, um, it's a little different than, you know, what we think of as monsters today. You know, you think of the Freddies and the Jasons, but you guys have really concentrated on the classics, you know, the the creatures, the mummies, the the phantoms, and that kind of stuff. And well, I just love that. So that's the, major, the majority of my collection, my personal collection, is Universal. Okay. It's, it's either Universal or Godzilla. <laughs> but that's not to say that I don't have I, – I had to put the movie – the uh, McFarlane movie monsters, the uh, the Freddy and the Jason and the Chucky away because my daughter didn't like them. Yeah. So I put them away. She's Chucky, Chucky scared her. So I just put that whole shelf. I cleared that out and put that away for now. They'll come back, but when you know, when they don't bother her so much. But yeah, the, what I, we wanted to do when we sat down and we started talking about the magazine originally is let's not just talk about what's out now. Let's let's go back because we had these things when we were kids back in the seventies, like the, oh, yeah. the, the you know the, the Mego monsters that are in the first issue. We had those when we were, we were young. I mean, come on, they we, they fought the lizard, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and the the Remco mini monsters. They're gonna be we're gonna talk about them in one of the upcoming issues. I had those when they came out. I can't say I ever asked for them, but my father was a big classic monster fans, so I wound up with them one year for Christmas with the the house and everything. One wow. fell swoop, you know, and still have them. Well, that's, <laughs> that's cool because those are both worth some money, and they're just awesome items. I'd love to have some of those. Yeah, I I would like to get all the glow ones back. I have the regular ones. I had a set of glow ones, got rid of them, you know, at one point, and now I want to get them back. I, I don't blame you a bit. That's a down-the-line thing, you know. Yeah. And so, so we talked about, you know, we'll talk about, we'll have those things, kind of things in the magazine. We'll talk about the, the sideshow line, because that was a big deal, those 12 yeah. inch. Yeah. I mean, sideshow built their company on those figures. You know, they, they were everywhere for a while. And before that, sideshow became a real high end company. You know, you could go and buy those 20 bucks at the, at the local, you know, direct market store. I had forgot about those. And then, you know, even the, the eight inch line that they put out. And so we'll, we'll go through up until what's coming out now because there's kind of a, a revival of it all again. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I... With, with, with the diamond direct and you know the the retro cloth Migo style and uh, the things that Mezco are doing with the the kind of stylized monsters. You know, it 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 all goes around and around and around. It builds a big circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I noticed that you also have um, looked like you were doing some photography for the next issue, and it looks like Monster Fink's going to be in there. Well, next issue is going to be... Or Rat Fink's on the cover. Rat Fink's, Rat Fink will be on the cover along with uh, the Monster 500, uh, one of their, their lead uh, characters there, the uh, Zoom and Zombie, and actually the Go-Go Goblin from the Creepster line, which came out in not that long ago. It was early 2000s. Oh, which cool. was another monster car line. And we're going to, uh, I want kind of a retrospective of all the monsters behind the wheels. That's going to be a, that, that's our cover uh, story. Well, it, you know, if you, if you do what you did with the Lego one, I, I am, I am all in for that because uh, <laughs> like I said, I, I, I knew the Legos were in there. I didn't know what to expect and just the depth and, you know, you got pictures of everything and that is just very cool. Um, you know, you did a great job and in the overall magazine, is awesome. And, Thanks. Um, we always give a dolly rating during our uh, Toy of the Week segment, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell you it's 9 out of 10. And the only reason, I'm, only reason I'm not giving you 10, I want to give you somewhere to go. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see how impressed you can be by the second issue. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I figured. And the other thing is, it doesn't have a lot of your art in it. And you're, no. and you're a fantastic artist, and, and I want people to go look at your art after this too because uh your 80s compilations um where you've done you know a whole group of bad guys are incredible and and they're some of my favorite things (laughs) my my, uh, forced portraits for uh the you know at work bad guys (laughs) yeah yeah but um all of your art is incredible too and i want people to know that about you you're not just a great magazine writer you're a great artist too, so. You know, I made a conscious effort. I said, I'm not going to put that much of my art in it because it's, that's not what I wanted it to be about. <laughs> I wanted it to be about the toys. <laughs> and I said, you know, I put the Inhumanoids piece in there and my Garloo's in there. And maybe there'll be some here and there in the second issue, but okay. I wanted to focus on the, the actual toys. I want, my thing is, the, one of the main reasons why I wanted to do the magazine, I said in, in the intro, it's the magazine that I always wanted. I would buy a lot of different, there's a lot of horror and, and monster movie magazines out there on the market. And there's a lot of really good ones. And sometimes they'll talk about monster toys, but that's not what they always talk about. Yeah. And that's what always, I was always looking for. I was the guy who bought famous monsters. And the first thing I did was go to the back and look at the ads. Yep. You know, back in, back when, when that magazine was still black and white and only cost you a dollar 25. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little more than that now, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's like uh, it was like $11 at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think you've pulled it off, and it really has that retro feel. The whole magazine has a retro feel to it, but um, I, I like it. I, I just really do, and I, I can't say enough good things about it. Thanks. So, well, if people wanted to get involved and maybe they wanted to pick up the first or second issue, how, how should they track it down? How should they get in touch with you or, or go track down these issues? Well, they can either go to my blog, which is tomcrone.blogspot.com. And did you want to spell that for him? Yeah, it's T-O-M-K-R-O-H-N-E dot blogspot.com. Okay. Or I just started uh, the Haunted Toy Boxes blogspot, which eventually will 
transfer you to its website, which will be forthcoming in time for the, the actual start of the Kickstarter. But that's hauntedtoybox.blogspot.com. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and you think you'll when when are you shooting to have the the Kickstarter you think started where people can come come looking for you? January. I want to wait till after the holidays because it's just way too hectic, and I don't want to be like hawking at people for money for the magazine during the holidays. I don't disagree with you one bit, and I appreciate that. <laughs> if, because go ahead. It, it, I have no idea what type, what you know freelance work will come and Christmas shopping for an eight year old and <laughs> uh, yeah. It's all online now, though. <laughs> That's what my wife yeah. tells me. Uh, no, I'm more, the, I'm more, I'm more the physical go to the store type, man. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, it's more fun that way because you know you never know what you're going to accidentally find for yourself at the toy store. Well, yeah, and you need always need an excuse to go to the toy store. That is for sure. I mean, the last time, last year when I went, you know, I went with the best of intentions. And every time there was a, a guy working at the Toys R Us and he was following behind me, trying to straighten up and he was hysterical at me because at every aisle it was another groan because that's when I'm running into the mini mate, the monster coach and I'm running. Oh, what else did I run into? Oh, the, the, the Mezco stylized Frankenstein. Every aisle was something else. And it's just like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't be buying this for me. I shouldn't be spending money. I'm bad. Oh well. <laughs> why why are we putting the creature from the black lagoon in her stocking? Don't ask questions. <laughs> uh, actually my daughter would like that, you know. She's she's a little bit of the Marilyn of the family, but some of the stuff she likes. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And growing up with an appreciation of the classic monsters, I, I can't argue with that at all. Yes, one day all this will be hers. <laughs> I'm sure she's excited about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if people wanted to check out some of your art, where would they go? Uh, the art of, well, tomcrone.com. Okay. We'll take you to the portfolio site. Okay. And I, and I recommend that everybody, you know, go check out the magazine. Go check out the art because uh, you are a talent out there in, in, in our Twitter circles and, and Facebook and, um, like I said, I can't say enough nice things about the magazine and your art. Um, Thanks. I've always been impressed. So, Well, with that, I am going to say thank you for coming on and talking about this. And that will wrap up Toy of the Week. And we'll be right back. Haunted house, weebles wobble all about it. It's a real exciting place to be. A smiling ghost with glowing face has a secret hiding place, and that's not all. There's plenty more to see. Because a weebles haunted house is a great place to be. Well, red card is a chance for us to poke fun at the. WTF moments in our hobby, whether they be just something that's a complete fail or, um, you know, just something we just don't like. And joining me this week for Red Carded is Clint from the Final Shot Saloon. And welcome, Clint. Thank you for having me on. Well, no problem at all. Um, your voice sounds so good, you're going to make me sound bad, so I appreciate that. <laughs> but... Um, being you're the guest, we decided to give you the honor of having a red carded, or a red card, since you're not only our guest, but you're a longtime listener. We appreciate that, and thought we'd have you on to do that. Well, so thank you very much. Tell us what you got. Well, of course, my red card review is going to be about a Western um, figure or playset. Um, I actually went with the Lone Ranger figures, or the lack of the Lone Ranger figures that we we just got from the the movie. Um, 
we got Lone Ranger, we got Tonto, uh, but we didn't get a Butch or we didn't get a Red Harrington. And for me, they were two key characters in the movie. I would have liked to seen them, especially Butch, because he had that rough face. Um, and he's out, he's a pretty cool outlaw. I think NECA or Disney, uh, kind of missed the stage on this one. I think they, it would have been a lot better to see these two characters than say the bird, the Tonto in, in the birdcage, um, second wave or whatever you call it. Um, I know the movie didn't do very well. Um, a lot of critics didn't like it, but I, I would have really thought it'd been cool to see at least these figures. So I really don't know if we red card NECA or we attack Disney, but, uh, in my opinion, someone's got to pay for these, <laughs> this mishap. Um, you know, I think even in, in the, just a broader sense, I think a lot of, uh, figure manufacturers or even your game, um, game manufacturers have kind of missed on a lot of cool Western figures. Red Dead Redemption had great, um, oh yeah. uh, they could, they had, they had plenty of characters in that they could have filled the shelves with, or my shelves, I should say. And they, and even Call of Juarez, I think, uh, if you, even if you look on the, the box of Call of Juarez, the, you have characters in these two games that were fantastic. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think, uh, I think NECA does a great job of, uh, of their figures, cause I just bought the, um, what was it? Oh, Jonah Hex ones. Oh, yeah. And, and they're, they're great. And same with these Lone Ranger ones. But to, to get back on task, the Lone Ranger, the lack of the figures that came out of that one, I don't know if it was because of Disney or the licensing or I don't know how that works, but, uh, I would have really liked to seen a lot more come out of that, that yeah. uh, set. I thought I had read that there was a lot more planned for that. And I just wonder if the, the movie success or lack of success just translated into, you know, not, proceeding with it i almost wonder if at some point we'll see some something revealed that there was more tooled up for that line yeah i would have i mean just butch alone probably would have people would have probably jumped on um i think the red harrington would have been a cool one because she had the the shotgun leg or whatnot but i think uh yeah that's kind of my red card for for the lone rangers because you know being a western guy we only get to see um a sprinkle here and there, you know, and, um, like I said, I would have liked to seen those games come out with some, some really cool ones too, because they're just great characters. Well, even, um, like true grit when it was out, I, I'm uh, kind of surprised we didn't get a, at least one figure for that. That would have been fun. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of cool Westerns out there that I think, uh, you know, and I know what the Western genre isn't like the big seller anymore for, uh, for a lot of toys or anything, but, uh, you know, I see a lot of Gears of War. I see Halo and all that stuff on the shelves. And I don't know. I, I personally, I would have liked to seen the, uh, like the game ones and more Lone Ranger and even more movies too. Yeah. You'd, you'd think if there was, you know, obviously a market for the games, um, cause they've made more of them that, that there'd be a market for that kind of stuff as well. So. Well, like Red Dead Redemption, I went on their site and they were selling like a soap. They were selling a dice game, a candle that looked like TNT, which is cool, but I guess I would have much rather seen figures than stuff yeah. that's going to deteriorate a lot faster. Yeah, I, I agree. And and how and really did Cowboys use soap? I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
only once in a great after about the last six months of being on the trail or something. Yeah. Well, I, I think that is a pretty a pretty decent red card, and, and we'll tell our friends at NECA, hey, we need more cowboy figures. Yeah, please. But why don't you, uh, well, before you mosey out of here, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and where people can find you? Well, you can find us at, or my podcast at finalshotsaloon.com. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and pretty much everywhere else. Um, I talk about Western entertainment, everything from books, movies, um, action figures to uh Western shooting sports, especially fast draw. So that's uh, my podcast, and you can find it there. Yeah, and you've even been covering a lot of Western comics lately. So yeah, I've been I've been spending a lot of money on them because of the lack of Western figures. Ah, well, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I want to say thanks again for coming on and uh, sharing your red card with us. Well, thanks so much. Love the show. Well, horror movies play upon our primal emotions, whether they make us scream with delight or our shriek in horror. You know, they kind of tug at those deep, dark places in our heart that we don't want to go. And people have been watching through fingers, both fascinated and terrified of creatures on the film screen since since movies began, really. And, you know, you would think that that would be unnatural for an action figure, but in some ways, depending on the movie, um, these kind of things kind of creep people out and maybe are a bit too controversial for others. So we kind of wanted to go through and just talk about that a little bit tonight. And I am joined by two of my favorite people on Twitter. And one, appropriately enough, is the Claymation Werewolf, who we will refer to as CW for this podcast. And the other one is none other than Chris Tank Tansky from uh, Title Pending Podcast. How's it going, John? Good evening. I'm doing great. It's evening. I normally have to do this in the morning. And, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Got to so. get some coffee. And I, normally, it's Mountain Dew. Okay. okay. No. And uh, it, it's it's going into daylight savings time, which we figured out not too long ago means that I'll have to get up at like five thirty our time to get the irregular Australian oh. recording time. So. Oh dear. Yeah. I actually recently went back to Mountain Dew after a, a long sabbatical, and you know what? It, it just didn't sit well. Really? No. Yeah, I had been off it so long that it, it just it kind of made me ill. Have you Have you tried the Game Fuel? No. Is that good? I, I like it, but okay. I like those odd things. <laughs> and uh, what about you, CW? Which Which one's your favorite Mountain Dew fail flavor? When I drank When I drank Mountain Dew, I liked the uh, Baja Rush. Ooh, or, yes. That's a good one. That's yeah. A good one. I, I do like the throwback, too, and I can tell the difference. So, um, but. Yep, placebo is a pretty powerful thing. <laughs> I, I, I think I could, though. I think if you gave me two of them, I could, I could probably tell the difference. But. Yeah, <laughs> But anyway, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll just throw something out there. Uh, do you guys, what, what, what's been your favorite monster figure? kind of of all time. Do you guys have a, a favorite that you remember maybe from childhood or more recently? I think maybe from child, well, just my favorite. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Fred head, so I collect nothing but, uh, well, my collection runs the gamut. I'm all over the place, but my main horror jonesing is for, uh, anything Fr- Freddy Krueger related. And, uh, 
nothing says uh, awesome to me than a talking Freddy Krueger doll. The one that Matchbox made in the 90s that got pulled from the shelves because people were like, um, wait a minute, this is technically a child killer slash child molester. He shouldn't be sold to children. So slightly morbid, but yeah, nothing but uh, Freddy Krueger stuff. Oh, nothing wrong with that. What, what about you there, CW? You got a favorite favorite monster thing that you remember? Not really a uh, action figure per se, but one of my favorite toy lines uh, of all time, and also connecting to the Matchbox thing, is definitely Monster in My Pocket. Oh, love nice. those things. Well, that is cool. I've always been a minifigure person. I like the uh, the blind bag type of purchasing. You know, that's that's something that, you know, I don't think that, you know, you don't think of it in the 80s, but we we were just, uh, I just did a name that for muscle. And yes. between muscle and, <laughs> and some of those those other things, there was a lot of blind bag, pseudo blind bag stuff out there. And, and some of it's kind of creepy. You know, I, I find a lot of the muscle figures creepy, but that's that's me. <laughs> One of my biggest regrets is was selling off my muscle collection, so... Yeah. Uh, I, I've tried to go back and uh, reclaim them, but the, those are pretty pricey for uh, these days. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, did you guys have any of the, uh, the say, Mego monsters? I know I didn't. I had some pirates, but... I, I, I think that was more past my time, so I'd, that I, wasn't I really something I'd like. I'm like the oldest one here, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I do remember, and... Uh, must have been like the late seventies, early eighties. They, they had that Remco monsters. They were yes. three, three and three quarter action figures. Another, another one of my regrets. Um, I, I sold those. Uh, money seemed uh, much more important than. Uh, oh man, nostalgia. But uh, my dad still has his. So. Oh, that works out. Yeah. I never had any of those, but I remember like, you know, drooling over the Penny's catalog, like looking at that picture. Oh, I want that. I want that. I want that monster energizer and glow in the dark, you know. But <laughs> I never got the uh, carrying case, though. I've always been on the lookout, lookout for one of those. Even if I don't have the figures, I think it'd be cool to have the the Frankenstein table and the castle that it came with. Well, if I, I see one of those come around, I will, I will definitely keep an eye out for you. But oh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that's one of those more things. And, and I, I wanted to throw this question out to you guys: is what kind of defines what would be a horror line to you versus a monster line. Like, like for me, if I look at, say, a mummy figure, I, oh, well, if you, if you didn't know that, I'm, I'm a big mummy fan. So that's, you know, I have like the Boris Karloff one. I have, you know, the movie figures and stuff. But do you see like the, the classic, say, universal monster stuff? Do you see that more as a, um, just a, a horror, not not necessarily horror line, or do you still see that as kind of a horror film line? I'm, I would probably categorize those as monsters, and then anything it's, it tends for anything horror. It's uh, it's just uh, individual characters. There's no just line. Like you don't see. Well, I guess sometimes, but some, like there's Army of Darkness figures or Evil Dead, but it seems like they just pick certain main characters nowadays to uh, fill their line, but. Yeah, anything with the universal characters is, is total badass monsterage. That's a new word, by the way. Uh, we will we will mark that down and give you credit for it. Okay, two nerd points for you. Thank um, you. What about you, CW? What do you, what do you see drawing the line between, say, monster and horror? I mean, is there a line? Is there not a line? 
I would consider anything horror movie related to be in the horror camp, and I would definitely consider the Universal Monsters to be part of that. So I would I would consider anything movie based to be a, a horror toy, and everything else to fall into a general monster. Okay. Um, um, now you were talking about about you know the vinyl collections. What 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 do you think about when they? And this is a question for both of you guys. What do you think about it when they take say a monster property like Creature from the Black Lagoon and stylize it more in a cartoony way? Good thing, bad thing. You guys like it? Don't like it? <laughs> I, you know what? If if it was something I collected, I don't think it, it mattered to me. Like anything that comes out, Freddy, I'm picking up. Rather whether it's you know looks goofy or uh, like you said stylized. So I, if you're a huge fan of that collection, I, I don't think it matters to you. You're just you're just picking up whatever they come out with. You know, if it's Creature from the Black Lagoon Matchbox car, which is just kind of lame. But it's still got the creature on it. You're picking it up, and I I, uh, I agree with that. And if you've read any of my blogs, I'm definitely a fan of cartoonifying things. So <laughs> I wouldn't have any problem with that. that. That's that he gets points for that one. I hope cartoonifying. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll, okay. Good. We'll, All right, good. Uh, it's marked in the the grand nerd ledger. <laughs> um, you're, you're up in points there. So, um, you know, I I'm kind of. I'm wishy-washy on it because I've seen some of them done really well, and then I've seen other ones done not so well. And, and like, mummy stuff, if it's detailed or semi-detailed, like, for some reason I like the Mio mummy, but if you do, like, a Scooby-Doo real stylized, skinny, long-arm mummy, I, I just don't like it, and I don't know why, but um, that's just so you, me. So you pass on those then? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I won't. Now, oddly enough, if Funko did a mummy... Is a pop vinyl? I'd probably buy it. Well, the hard thing with collecting anything mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula related is you can get like a generic design. Like Universal has the copyright on the look of Frankenstein that we know it with the bolts and the you know the brain scar, but anybody can make their own Frankenstein figure. I think that's the tough thing when you're collecting that kind of. Yeah, yeah, and you know, call it Frankenstein. They can put stitches. Right on, uh, on the head, and, that, and actually, that actually brings me to um, kind of where I wanted to go historically. Next was the the McFarlane era. I'm going to call it because they really kind of ushered back in horror figures. I think definitely, um, yeah. They, they kind of died off with the Remco figures, and then kind of lied in wait. I mean, you had you had monsters in the He-Man line, but um, McFarlane in '97 put out a line of. And they just called them McFarlane's monsters, I believe. Um, well, they, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I was thinking more of the movie Maniacs, but yeah, I forgot about the their variations on those characters. Yeah, they did some real small playsets, and actually, oddly enough, um, the one I always remember, and it's not one of them I have, is the Werewolf playset. Yep, I, I my father, uh, he he gravitates towards uh, Wolfman, so anything werewolves or wolfmen, I I pick up for him. And at that time, I was working at Media Play in the video uh, department, and that also connected to the collectibles and action figures area. So the minute that came in, I snatched that up for him. And, uh, you know, that's that's actually got the the face and head on the Huntsman that comes with that, I believe, is Cornboy from the Four Horsemen that, that do all the sculpting for Mattel. Nice. 
I think. I'm not 100% sure, but... Eh, sounds, sounds right. 80% sure. But, yeah, I mean, this is a figure that, in 1997, came with a, quote-unquote, victim <laughs> that you could rip the arms and legs off of, and, you know, it had a, it had a tree that you could, could put the yep. body in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's... Kind of uh, controversial. I mean, I'm sure if a parent saw that, they'd flip their shot. Excuse I, my French shit. <laughs> I, I am sure that they would, you know. And um, I, I just, I, you know, I remember back then seeing that. And even as a collector, because by then I was collecting again quite a bit, because Star Wars kind of came back. Mm-hmm. And, and I wasn't sure how to feel about it. You know, on, on one hand, I was like, oh, this is cool. But I'm looking at it in a Toys R Us aisle, and I'm going, <laughs> I don't know how cool this is to be here. So, what what kind of feelings do you guys have on you know some of those early things? What kind of memories do you have of of kind of seeing the new wave, new generation of horror stuff come out? How it was perfect for me because I actually had a job, so I could start buying this stuff, uh, and. Due to working at Media Play, I got the discount, so that that didn't hurt at all. So I was excited. Uh, I, you know, I started putting these things out on shelves, and it wasn't hidden away in totes anymore. I I, I started to display my collection, so I was all for it. Hey, I've I've, I've uh, got a job, and I still can't buy any of this stuff. I must be doing <laughs> something wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, the paper route just you know right. takes up a lot of your time. Yeah, I, I made Mrs. Nerd go run mine for me tonight, so, yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think if, if things like that, the, uh, the Wolfman place that had been done in the same style as some of the later McFarlane stuff, it would have been, it would have gotten a lot more attention being sold to kids, but it was, it was pretty goofy looking. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't the kind of, uh, pseudo photorealistic stuff that he had later. Right. Yeah, that that's true. You know. Well, like the uh the Leatherface figure that came out for the movie Maniacs line had a, a severed head in it. Um, but they kept that stuff kind of hidden behind the packaging at that point because I think there was an uproar. Right. Well, it probably made Reverend Rose's uh what is that evil toy list annual <laughs> list of things that, you know, which was probably an honor to McFarlane. Uh, you know, I, I I had read that somewhere that they weren't happy unless they, you know, had at least one thing on the list or something. <laughs> We're doing something wrong, guys. Yeah. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> Eviler. <laughs> well, I you know, I had one of those. I had the um the Igor set. I didn't have the Frankenstein set, but the Igor set came with Frankenstein's monster and he had two heads and and one of them had a little removable brain and you know, that compared to a world that knew Star Wars figures up to that point, that's pretty far out there, really. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then McFarlane obviously would go on to do the movie Maniacs, which was kind of my next my next thing. Um, and, and that's, I think, where they really started to, to gain some traction, probably with collectors. Because I don't think the Spawn line really did it as much as, hey, here, you can, you can put Norman Bates on your shelf, or you can put... Um, uh, you know, Freddy on your shelf, or RoboCop, which mm-hmm. I, I don't know if RoboCop really fits in the horror genre, but um, 
but same kind of idea. I, I know a buddy of mine had the Norman Bates figure, and uh, I wasn't ever quite sure why he had that, but it kind of creeped me out. Oh, I, I, I have it, so... <laughs> It's a, it's an awesome figure. It comes with a wig and the and the the butcher blade, and he's in a dress. It's it's, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, well, it's it, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Um, no, I mean I understand it, and and you know, uh, it was just one of those things when I was looking at it, going, I don't know about that. And they had those weird um, bases with them that looked like something out of an alien movie, you know. And then they'd have the poster in the base. And, oh yeah. But the yeah, the frame was like skulls and spines and yeah, which, which was odd because the only figure I really got from Movie Maniacs was uh, Samuel L. Jackson from Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he, he's in this Movie Maniacs line and he comes at this base that looks all skulls and stuff. Yeah, they they were stretching a little bit at that point in the series. Because <laughs> even uh, I think there was the Snake Plissken figure, which. <laughs> Belongs slightly, but it, again, they they were starting to scrape the bottom there. But I, I really think that's probably you know where we start to see people kind of go, oh, well, this is one of my favorite movie characters, and and buying things for display because obviously McFarland stuff, you know, you don't really buy to play with. I don't think. I mean, those first monster sets maybe, but some of the later stuff not so much. Um, what do you guys think about people displaying? horror figures. I mean, do you do it? Do you display monsters in your general area, on your desk at work, or, you know, on a shelf at home, or is it something you kind of hide away from the public and, you know, keep in a little box like you're precious, or... or, (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely a Halloween 365 days a year type of guy, so if I had them, I would definitely have them on display year-round, so... Well, those who are friends with me on Facebook can go to my, uh, photos and see my quote-unquote man cave and uh everything's uh properly displayed and uh i'm out there and i'm loving it well that's that's good (laughs) you're out there as a collector and out there as a horror collector now now mcfarland actually has went out of their way to create some things that are not necessarily movie but they're um Instead of torturing their toys, they made toys of torture, and they they did a series with uh, Clive Barker called Tortured Souls, mm-hmm. um, which kind of went a little further than just you know here's a here's a Freddy here's a Jason. Right. What what do you guys kind of think of of that of actually showing kind of something? And I'll, I'll get to something else in a little bit, but you know, kind of that over the top violence uh, torture kind of thing. You think that's right for a toy, or you think it should be on shelves, kind of a collector item only, or what's the thoughts there? I think it all comes down to morals. If if you're the store owner, you should know that this shouldn't be out for kids to see, and it should be placed in an area where only adults are going to pick them up. So it was never my thing, but, I mean, they're gorgeous sculpts, and and they look pretty fantastic, but it's just not something I would ever have collected or displayed. It's kind of one of those things that you you, you look at and, and you're like both fascinated and kind of horrified with, you know. At least it was that way for me. You know, you kind of pick it up and go, "Are his guts really coming out like that?" Or, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. So, are, are you condoning like the uh, the back room at Toys R Us? You think they should have a like a little you know partitioned off area and. I don't think so. I, I, it's it's all up to the parent. I mean, if you if you know your kids can handle it, let them go down the aisle. 
uh, I always taught my kids to not be afraid of those things and know that they're um, fake and it's fantasy. But I, the things that they sell aren't, aren't as bad as those were. But it, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's up to the parents. Just know your kids and if they're seeing it, to, if they're scared, don't let them see it anymore. Yeah. CW, do we got to keep you away from the toy aisle now? Or? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I can, uh, I can definitely clearly remember the first time that I saw the tortured souls line just now on Google Images. And, uh, yeah, it looks really, really HR Geigery. Yeah. Which, uh, which I'm always a fan of that, but it, I, it, the idea of it being, yeah, just in the uh, regular action figure section in Toys R Us. Not too sure about the. <laughs> so, so there, there is a line there probably somewhere for an adult collector where they would have to go to say a comic book store or, or somewhere like right. that. You, you guys think? And uh, you know, I, you should have to you should have to ask for it so you can be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> it's on the back counter, covered covered in cellophane of some kind. <laughs> I want I want to look at the tortured souls. They have to like take you around back and show you a box, right? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. You know, it's, uh, where do you keep them? Well, we got this little room back here. It's all men in trench coats and you know fedoras. <laughs> and then none of the parents let their kids go near you after you come back out of the. The tortured souls section. Uh, Stay away from that man. I, I'm a 40 year old man with a shaved head and a goatee. It's a little too chubby to be walking around Toys R Us. I get that, no matter where I go in Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> There's a weight limit for Toys R Us. No, but when you're when you're short and kind of. There's a, a creep limit, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there's. I've I've hit that middle age point where you know, they're they're starting to ask, why is he here by himself? <laughs> He doesn't have a child with him. That's what it's going to be like for me someday. It's going to be like Chuck E. Cheese. You have to have a child to go in, and I'm going to be out on the street corner going, Hey, can I borrow I just want to play games. <laughs> Maybe I could buy a white van with no windows before that point. Oh, oh dear. Really just drive it home. Anyway. Hey, we just owe dear at the exact same time. <laughs> we owe each other a Coke. <laughs> um. Kind of in the same same vein as that is uh, NECA did their Hellraiser line, and um, did McFarlane do a Hellraiser line too? I can't remember if they did or not. Um, but there were some things in the Hellraiser line that I was a little. I, I will say this: that I think the, the first Hellraiser, really good film, scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely scared me to death, and it's one of the few movies that I've watched that I've actually had nightmares after watching it. Because uh-huh. it, it messed with me psychologically. And, um, you know, it's not the action figures in that line that you would think would bother me. It's the one, who was the guy, um, the the boyfriend that got skinned? Uh, Frank. Frank. They did a figure of him, and that figure, for some reason, when I saw it on a shelf, it, it just stuck with me, and I... I did, it, it just, it crossed that line with me where it took me back to the movie and I was like, nah, I don't know about this. Keep it away. Yeah. Or what kind of things have you guys seen that, that have done that? Man, I don't, it takes a lot for me to get. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Me too. <laughs> so I, 
you know, I, I just chalk it up like, eh, whatever, and I just kind of move on. Nothing's ever, oh, dear, the, you know, someone should cover this up. But it's just I've been dealing with horror movies and horrific things since I was a kid. So uh, it's just second hat to me, I guess. I wonder if the reason the prank figure bothers you is because he's skinned and wearing clothes. <laughs> it might just, be. I don't know. Just picture taking off your shirt if it was just attached to raw blood and muscle. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> well, you constantly have to keep changing your shirts, too, so that's just got to be a pain to begin with. He did boys to his shirts, didn't he? Yeah. Soiling your underwear. It's just, it's a mess, and you just got to find... I don't know, maybe that new skin stuff they sell? <laughs> maybe. They didn't have that but, back then. No, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, in like, Pinhead doesn't bother me. I mean, he, he elicits a response, an emotional response. But, um, yeah, he doesn't really bother me like that, that Frank figure did. I, I don't know. And there's um, a couple of the other ones. Anyone's, any figure that has, like, um, flesh where there's, like, hooks pulling it, you know, back... Um, like say on right. the face, that for some reason freaks me out, and I I don't know why. Like chatterer. Yeah, that, exactly. That's a that's a Clive Barker staple, so you just might want to avoid Clive Barker. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's kind of the same thing with these toys. I I, I don't want to watch. You know, I mean, I know it's going to scare me, but part of me is like, I got to watch this to see what happens. You know. <laughs> Kind of like a, and they didn't do figures from this, and I'm really grateful. Uh, a hostel, you know. I, I watched the first one with my wife. Oh, they, they did. Did they? There's figures of those. Yep. Oh man, I missed that. I'll have to look that. <laughs> but um, the second one, I was like, I don't want to watch this, but but I got to see what happens. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I I don't know what that is. I I you know I think that's kind of the appeal of a lot of this stuff is. You know, for me, and I think most collectors, like Star Wars collectors, um, you know, a lot of them complain about the prequel trilogy. And I know you're not necessarily one of them in CW. I don't know your opinions on the prequel. I'm okay with them. But, you know, it's reconnecting, and you get that emotional response. You buy a Luke figure, you know, in in your right back there to, to when you saw the movie the first time. And, you know, I, I've heard that horror and comedy are kind of linked emotionally. And I, I think that sometimes when you see these things and you realize, hey, there's a six-inch figure of Leatherface. And it scares me, but at the same time, he's, he's six inches and he can't hurt me. So it's kind of cool, and it, and it elicits that emotional response back to you. And or there, there's, that's a what six she inch, said. there's a six-inch figure of Paula Poundstone. I don't know what kind of emotional response that'll elicit from me. Uh, it's it's another place geez. where horror and comedy come together. Oh, oh, she's she's sitting at home right now, and she's like, "Oh my, my ears are burning." Someone just mentioned Paula Poundstone. How awesome is that? Now we're gonna have to pay her off. <laughs> um. I had a point there, and I don't know where I was going. But what, what do you guys think? What, what's the attraction to horror figures? What, what do you think? What, what draws people in? What kind of special person does it take to collect and display horror figures? What, what do you think the hallmarks are? 
uh, tattoos, piercings. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just comes down to the whole reason why we watch horror films. It's just, uh, an escape and we tend to root for the villains over the heroes, which is probably you should see somebody, uh, talk to somebody about that. But, you know, we, we want to be scared. It's, it's, Dates back to the fifties with the universal movies, the forties. It's just, we want to be scared. And what better way to, uh, just honor that by picking up a, a Jason figure or a Freddy figure. And, and I don't know. It, it almost makes us feel safe because we have control over this inanimate object. Is that still a thing with kids? I, I was thinking the other day about how much my generation idolized like Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. And it wasn't just like a Halloween costume thing. It was like a huge fandom. Like they were like Alf or something. <laughs> is that, is that... <laughs> Where else can you hear Michael Myers compared to Alf? <laughs> is that, is that still a thing? Are uh, our kids, our kids super into jigsaw or anything now? Is it? You know what? I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think it's strictly a nostalgic thing for people our age. Uh, there'll be little smatterings of people that, oh wow, that 18 year old knows all about, you know, Fulci, you know, so, but I think these days there's just so many paint cans that dip their wick in that, uh, I don't think kids grasp onto things. Like I, I get into debates about toys for that matter. Like our kids today going to have that same kind of like, oh man, I got to look for that when they're at our age. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think because everybody's into their phones and the internet. I just think there's going to, that level of nostalgia is just going to die out at some point. I, 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 or, I, or stick with us. I mean, we're still going to be picking up stuff. I think about me as a kid trying to make a homemade Freddy glove and hanging posters all over my bedroom. And yeah, I wonder yeah. what, what parents thought back, back then about that kind of <laughs> It's a phase he'll grow out of. And now they're just like, oh, we, we need to give him pills and he needs to go see a therapist. <laughs> right. We, we baby our kids today where back then it was just like, eh, as long as he's not wearing a dress, he's fine. And the the okay. current parents might still be wondering about therapy thing when they realize right. that, no, no, you didn't grow out yeah, of I'm it. Sure my so, right. <laughs> I'm sure my parents are. I, I think even my wife is some days. <laughs> but I, I got all my collecting habits from my old man, so we're, we're two peas in a pub. Actually, my my wife is a reformed Longerburger collector, so she gets it. <laughs> Longerburger. Yeah. Yes. I've made a basket. Actually, I've made two baskets, but that's another story for another day. So did you go to the big basket? Thing? Yes. Well, I've never been to the big basket. We went to, um, went over to Dresden and did, I've, did it over. I've, I've lived here all my life. I've never even seen the big basket. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've got pictures somewhere. <laughs> pretty neat. Now I feel left out. It's a big basket. <laughs> a big freaking basket. And it's an office building. Well, anyway, um, how do you guys feel about cute things like, say, living dead dolls? Huh? Cute horror. I, I, those are kind of feelings? Yeah, well, I, I'm actually good friends with the, uh, the creator of those, so I, I think those things are... I, I don't know even know if I'd say they're cute because they those they tend to push the envelope sometimes as well and they dip into uh licensing so they've got some Freddy Living Dead dolls. Uh it's a it's a nice balance and, and it might be something cool for uh, for the ladies to collect. But I'm sure m- most men do it anyway. <laughs> like a lot. 
a lot of the Joan and Vasquez stuff and do teddy scares count as cute? I, I or don't think so. Just I, grotesque. No, I think they would be in this this category of, you know, cute but horrifying all in the same, you know, same breath. Because the cuteness of teddy scares actually makes them more disturbing, not less. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, um, I, I have to ask Chris if he has a uh, a uh, child's play Chucky doll, like a full-size one. Uh, not a full-size one, but I have the, uh, the McFarlane one. Because, uh, you know, I, I've actually, I had a chance to get one of those once. And, and that's another one, of, that's one of those, it's cute. If you just had it sitting there and you didn't know what it was, people would just kind of pass you by and go, oh, it's a doll. Does it just look like a regular good guy doll? Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's good. I didn't like when they finally made Chucky look scary all the time and stitched together and scarred. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either. I mean, not that any of the movies were even watchable after the first one, but... Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the second one has some merit, and then... uh, Bride is is just all out comedy horror at its best, but uh, you, 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 yeah, they're not all great. The the, the recent one, did you see the recent one yet? No, yeah. Curse. It does a little bit of both, so I think you might appreciate that. It's not the greatest thing, but it, for a direct-to-video sequel, uh, it, it, well, it's it's, res- it's respectful. It. Yeah, it's respectful to the series. I I met the uh, what's the kid's name from the first one? Uh, Alex Vincent. Yeah, I met him at a horror con. In northern Ohio a couple years back. Nice. Well, if you do end up seeing it, stay through the credits. There is an after-credit, uh, a post-credit sequence. See, I'm going to have to write all this stuff down. You guys are giving <laughs> all sorts of good information. Um, crap, you guys just you guys got me off topic again. <laughs> Why didn't they ever do a Chucky in space? Did they not? It's got to be coming. <laughs> coming. Oh, I know what I was going to say. My, uh... My actual, and, and I don't have any toys from it, and I wish I did because I'd seen them and I passed on it, and that's Puppet Master. For some reason, I love oh, Puppet yes. Master films. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's really sad because they're so, they're toys. I mean, that's what they are, but there hasn't been a really good version of any of them available. They've either been fairly on the cheap side or some really expensive replica ones. Right. And, and there hasn't really been anything in between, um, unfortunately. But they, I do love those, and uh, th- those will give you nightmares if you're a toy collector, <laughs> you know. I'm a bit. Fall asleep at your desk. <laughs> I'm a big uh, Puppet Master fan, too. What's your favorite puppet? Uh... I don't I don't remember their names, but the uh, the guy with the human hands, I always uh, like them. Pinhead, I want to say. Yeah. And uh, Six Shooter. Yes, yeah, he's awesome. Hey, hey, hey. Blade's pretty dope, and I I, I can't stand uh, Miss Leech or that was just. No, that was yeah, Leech Woman. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like her. No, she she yeah. scares me. Because she was like creepy, creepy toy, but sexual, and that that's not cool. That that's crossing <laughs> all sorts of lines there. That's. That's a whole nother show. Way over, yeah. Plus, unless you're unconscious, you have to most willingly be killed by her. Yes. Yeah. Her, her killing process takes like 45 minutes. To... Oh, jeez. All right, I'm getting up. You, you missed your opportunity to kill her. Right. Um, a 
whole last topic stuff to finish up because I, I, I wanted to ask you guys these questions specifically. Um, especially like with the Universal Monsters, we've seen both color versions of them and we've seen black and white versions of them. And sometimes, like even in the Walking Dead stuff, we will see both versions of things. What, how do you guys feel about that? Do you like black and white versions of stuff or not like it or? If it's the main thing I'm collecting, it doesn't bother me. There's a black and white Freddy Krueger figure. I picked it up because it's it's Freddy. So if someone's that nitpicky, then they maybe shouldn't be collecting that particular item. But, I mean, the more merchandise, the merrier. What about you, CW? Black and white figures are stupid, and people that buy black and white figures are stupid. (laughs) No, no. uh... Ted Turner. Well, I, uh, yeah, Ted Turner buys black and white figures and he colors them. <laughs> Technicolor. Uh, <laughs> I think if if the movie is a black and white movie, then the black and white figure would be a uh, what did you say? Dope. Yes. And uh, <laughs> if you want, is that what the kids say these days? And I I think if you took something like a uh, Freddy Krueger and made it a black and white figure, I think it would be cool if you restyled it to make it look like Freddy Krueger would have looked in a black and white movie. See, that's cool. I like that. But uh, they did it because there is a sequence in part five where it's... Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured you'd know, but maybe John. Well, and <laughs> I think the uh, the um, video game version just started shipping from NECA, so you'll have to be on the lookout for that. Already ordered it. And then, <laughs> I figured you probably did, but... And then they, could, then they could have an early Disney kind of pie-eyed Freddy Krueger. <laughs> With the noodle arms and legs. <laughs> Did he do that in a, in a movie? He stretched out his arms real long. And they did actually did that in a figure, so. <laughs> this would just be straight up, you know, I'm coming for you. And he'd be doing the bobbing up and down thing. So, so you're saying <laughs> they should take and do like a Disney vinylmation. Yes. Of yes. <laughs> well, uh, Fun, Funko, I think, has a blind blind bag figures of horror icons and that's kind of cartoony yeah that's that's actually coming pretty soon i think um, yeah I've, I've been on a look at i thought they were going to be early october but i haven't seen them yet so i i actually have one of their um walking dead figures here in front of me and i've been kind of playing nice. with them nice uh, i have uh, uh merle with his stabby arm is that what they're calling it the stabby arm <laughs> that's what i call it okay uh, that's a technical term. As an engineer, we make these up, you know, technical <laughs> terms. So if you go into spirit, you can go to the clerk and be like, uh, I'm looking for a stabby arm. Stabby <laughs> arm, yeah. Uh, you know, they actually had some stylized zombies in that line, too, and that's that blind bag cute, but, you know, what what do you say to your kid? They open the bag and this, you know, zombie <laughs> that only crawls on the ground missing its legs pops out of the blind bag. <laughs> You know, that's almost something you could give a kid for Christmas. If you knew that's what it was going to be, put that in their stocking if they've been bad and make them open it first. <laughs> well, you, you must have been bad this year. You got, you got a zombie in your stocking. See, my, my kids would, have lo- would like love that. So, again, yeah, it a, just depends on your kid. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I probably would have, too. I probably would have been all over that. Awesome. Oh, i got to collect these now. i got to get the whole set. <laughs> yes. I'm, I remember having the, uh, the bug candy maker thing. I don't know. You made, like, liquid... Yes, liquid yeah. and molds and they creepy still do crawlers. that kind of stuff today. Yeah, creepy crawlers. Yeah, and it was like one of the early ones. They tasted horrible. 
They may have actually yes. been they may have actually been rubber, um, and I just <laughs> thought they were candy. I'm not really too sure. But um, one of the other topics I wanted to ask about was, and I think I know how you guys are going to answer this now based on your other responses. But what do you guys think about blood versus non-blood versions? Like, if I'm going to sell it at Toys R Us, I sell a clean version. But if I'm going to sell it at say Spencer's Gift, I sell a bloody version. Cool with that? Not cool with that? You know, that's where I, I tend to differ. I, I I guess I stick more to the clean versions. I, I never picked up the bloody versions of. Okay, that wasn't what problem. I was expecting you to say. Yeah. I in the few figures I do have like that, I I have picked up clean versions as well, just because it fits more with what I collect. Right. You know, um, you, you don't and, have to worry. And and you know the. I mean, yes, it's a monster, but that's where the kids came into play. Where I don't want them seeing just just blood splatter out. You know. No, that makes sense. No, that's a that's a good, honest response, right? There. I gotta have some morals, damn it. So there is a line for you. Yeah. <laughs> so if you walked into Toys R Us and they had Freddy Krueger and he was covered in blood, you probably wouldn't pick him up. At this point, I probably would buy it though. I just I. I missed that train for the bloodied version of Freddy, and I'm I'm not going back on eBay because I think those might. Be slightly pricey at this point. What about you, CW? You, you decorating your house in blood, or you know, <laughs> I all think Halloween if, all the time. <laughs> if I had the choice of a, uh, a bloody Michael Myers and a non-bloody, I would go non-bloody. I think just because it would seem more pure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I think all that kind of variation you start getting into, like you know, it's it's a slippery slope till you have like Arctic Scuba Michael Myers. Who, <laughs> Like the Batman lines. Right. And he never right. wore no scuba gear in the movies. Why am I? Uh, that's how he lived in the lake all those years. Oh, touche. That's true. <laughs> what did Michael Myers do not on Halloween? Did he just like hide off in a room somewhere and just mark off a calendar of some kind? And oh, it's Halloween again. Must Got back up. In a cave. Secretly taught himself to drive. Right, right. Oh, I know. I got it. <laughs> how to how to how to hang up a body in a closet? You know, right? William, Slasher one hundred and one. William Shatner stand-in for when he was filming. Ooh, <laughs> that's probably what he did. Yeah. <laughs> so only only the horror folks are going to get that one, and I, I'm yeah. not going to tell anybody else what <laughs> what that was all about. So. Well, guys, what what other thoughts do you got? You guys have any other thoughts on on horror toys? Anything dying to say about horror toys that, that maybe we didn't get out? I don't know. I, we covered all our bases there. I, 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 this is it's like a brief history of horror toys. I like it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no mention of the Cabbage Patch dolls, so I, I think we we avoided that. And that one that ate kids. That was. Oh yeah, their, their hair. Yeah. Yeah. Their yeah. Hair. Well, that's how it started. It would pull them in slowly. Yeah. Slowly. You know, you, you got to think though that some kid has nightmares of that, or some girl out, you know, and, and, and she's got to be like completely shaved bald, you know. She sits in her office and just, you know, people like eat French fries next to her, and she probably just snaps. Just looking into those cold, dead eyes as the mouth keeps chewing. <laughs> that smile. I, I can understand that. <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll ask one more question and then we'll we'll kind of wrap this up. What what's your favorite horror movie, guys? Um, Halloween. Halloween. Good, good choice. What about you, CW? Yeah, Halloween is 
definitely, if not my favorite, in the top three for sure. Did we just become friends? <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the first thing I saw as a kid and immediately put me down the path. Uh, my uh, my dad was having some family over to watch it, and I had to stay in the dining room, and I slowly but surely crept on the floor to peek around the corner to see bits and pieces of it, and it was taboo because I wasn't allowed to watch it. So when I finally did, uh, uh, the rest is history, as they say. So uh Freddie or Michael Myers, though? Well, then, then we go with Freddie. Hmm. So did Freddie win the fight in Freddie versus Jason? Mm, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's what I say to you. My, my, and this is, this is a strange memory. Um, not my favorite horror movie. My favorite horror movie is probably, and I'm going to go old school on this, the black and white, um, Phantom of the Opera. I love nice. that movie. Nice. Um, but my favorite, one of my favorite memories is my mom brought home a rental of, what not Night of the Living Dead, Returned Living Dead, um, the one that happened in the, started in the medical supply house. Uh, return, yes. Yeah, and, uh. The tar, she, tar man. She was like, oh, somebody at work said, I need to watch this. It's really funny. Do you want to watch this with me? And, and I watched that movie <laughs> oh. with my mom. So. Oh dear. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of strange. Many scenes, many scenes with a woman, uh, completely naked. So that must have been awkward for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was in, <laughs> probably was in high school then when that happened. So it wasn't totally what were you bad. Watching? But it's not, you know, not something you'd watch with your mom, but. Right, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I'm gonna offer you a chance to tell us a little bit about you. Um, Chris, why don't you tell us where, where folks can find you and, and tell us about yourself? Well, occasionally, uh, I do the, uh, the podcast over on the underscoopfire.com, uh, website. We post that, uh, more frequently now. This is actually, we're gonna do one, uh, an episode right after this one, so. Oh, wow. Uh, but then I also do, uh, the title pending movie podcast with Tank and Fogues. And that is uh, a fun review movie review show that I do with my partner, uh, Dan Fogarty. And uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Buzzsprout for both shows. So Cool. And I'm on, I'm on Twitter, Polish Phenom. Uh, when you search for it, don't type in O's, type in zeros. Yes, I was going to say that. The O's <laughs> are zeros. Yes. And, and what about you, CW? Where can, where can folks find, find all your goodness? Because you are a really funny guy and... Um, you, you never, you never tweet anything that I don't find either amusing or entertaining. Oh, thank you very much. Um, on Twitter, I am Claymation Howl. Uh, my blog is the Claymation Werewolf Digital Digest, which is claymationwerewolf.blogspot.com. And I do a weekly podcast about the 1980s Twilight Zone series at mccoycast.wordpress.com. Oh shit. I didn't know that one. Nice. I, I, I hear, I hear, I hear Stitcher Radio firing up right now in the background. <laughs> Twilight Zone's another, that, that's another thing my old man got me on. So awesome. Yeah. You get to hear my weekly, uh, disappointment that it's still not the real Twilight Zone. It's the 1980s Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> you sigh a lot. I do. Yeah. I understand. I, I sigh a lot on this show, as everybody knows. So. Well, gentlemen, I am going to say thank you very much, and we will be right back. Now for some real fun, who you going to call? Okay, boys, we got a job to do. 
Bankman, look out! It's Bug Eye! Zap him with your Neutrona Blaster. Thanks, Ray. Don't mention it. Should I mention that? The Marshmallow Man. Spangler, give me the Ghost Popper. I thought you had it. Don't worry, fellas. I've got it. Go, Norm. Waste them, quickly. You got him! Uh-oh, he's got a friend. No, guys, that's my sister. Get the real Ghostbusters toys from Kenna. Well, this has brought us to the end of a epic episode, if I do say so. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining me, and uh, I want to say a special thanks to to Richard from Plan Banter for coming on and helping me with the news. Thanks, Rich. No problem. Anytime. I'm sorry, Richard. I'm sorry. I just know a guy named Richard. It confuses me. <laughs> ah, it's interchangeable. Everyone calls me different things. <laughs> I get called a lot of different things, but most of them aren't repeatable here. So, <laughs> um. I wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk about Plain Banter just for a minute or two because you guys are my favorite non-comic-specific comic podcast out there. <laughs> and if it wasn't for you guys, I would have no clue what's going on in the Marvel Universe. So <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit about uh, about Plain Banter. Sure. Oh, it's good that you say we're not specifically uh, comics because we're not – like well, if you go back if, uh, in I think around episode like 120 to one. 30 or something. I have a thing where I say if I ever restarted the podcast from scratch, I would always have made it something more specific because we split our audience. But I also think that's what makes us a little unique is, uh, we're, we're the, uh, the comic podcast that is not specifically a comic podcast. We're the action figure podcast that's not specifically an action figure podcast. We're the movie podcast that's not specifically a movie one. Uh, we talk about anything and everything, typically what strikes our fancy. We try to organize it around, um, you know, like what we happen to watch or if we all, uh, read like the same book and we lend a lot of comics to one another. So it circles through a lot. So, you know, everyone, Oh, let's all read superior Spider-Man or let's all read new Avengers or whatever. Uh, and you know, obviously I work in a movie theater, so we have quite a bit of stuff about movies, you know? Yeah. You, you guys always do my favorite thing in the spring where you, you predict the, uh, the, the box office incomes. That's one of my favorite episodes always. Oh, awesome. That's cause those usually take about six or seven hours to record. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah, they are, they are big. They are big recording sessions. Yeah, and I have to say your, your, your superior Spider-Man, uh, reviews lately when you guys have been talking about it have almost made me want to read them. So I might have to go out and get the trade for one of those when it comes out. Uh, that book is super fun, John. It is, it is crazy stuff. I, uh, we're probably going to cover the next two issues on this sh- when we record tomorrow, uh, evening. And they're crazy. Like, I love that book. Kudos to Dan Slott for coming up with a really interesting direction to take something and really committing to it and making something consistently exciting. Yeah, it, it sounded really fascinating lately. Thor is also very good as well. Those are the two consistently good books unto themselves. Well, you, well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> If, if, if folks wanted to check out the uh, podcast, where would they go? Uh, they can find new episodes posted on planbanter.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you do, why don't you leave us a little review? I don't know if we have any reviews on our iTunes slot. I should probably check on that at some point. But I think we have one or two, but one of them may actually be by someone who is on the show later. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, planbanter.com. If you want to send us emails, you can always uh, email us at planbanter at gmail.com. Well, you know. there, you, there you go. If you heard something that you want to complain about, you can email them there. Hey, yeah, you can always tweet me, too. I'll always reply. And, you know, I, I have terribly jacked up sleeping patterns from working in uh, a projection booth for years. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. Whenever I, I tweet at you, I always get a reply. So that always makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. I should probably be paying more attention to Twitter, but a lot of the things I end up like, I should have saved for Twitter. I usually end up sending to like my best friend in a text message and check out this ridiculous thing that I saw. <laughs> yeah. Tweet at us at planned banter. It's that simple. Send all of your points there. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on and helping me with the news because that uh, that helps me out. And then people didn't have to listen to me the whole time. <laughs> no, it's been great. I always have fun, uh, you know, doing this sort of thing. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to stick with it for as long as we have. <laughs> well, you guys, you were saying you're up to episode 150? Yeah, I think we're going to be recording 150 tomorrow and maybe 151 because we've been doing two episodes lately, depending on how good we feel, I guess, during the recording. <laughs> By the end of the first episode, because sometimes it's like, man, that took two and a half hours. Uh, yeah. I kind of want to eat lunch or dinner or whatever. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're going at like one in the morning, it's kind of like, all right, maybe t- we should stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes you got to work the next day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, is, well, Chris has a more consistent schedule than any of us. <laughs> well, I feel bad for him. Actually, I, you know, I, I, I normally, I have an hour commute, so I normally leave the house by 7 to get, to get there at 8, if, if not earlier. Well, you know, those teaching jobs, you got to be up early. I have a friend who's gotten up every day at uh, 5.30 a.m. to be at work by uh, 6.30 for like the past five years. <laughs> uh, that drives me crazy. Well, you're usually getting up around the time that I'm used to get back from work. <laughs> yeah, that would drive me crazy. Well, well. With that, we will say good night if you're heading to bed. If not, stay up and, uh, you know, listen to the episode again. <laughs> and, um, we will say goodbye and good night. Good night and, uh, you know, don't uh, buy any counterfeit Sailor Moon chopsticks. Uh, and remember to have your Adam Spader neutered. <laughs> oh, and, and good night, Argentina. Safe travels. Aww. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.